Manny has been in Houston for about four years and with Justice for Our Neighbors, or JFON, first introduced us to Justice for Our Neighbors. He was on the board for a long time and actually spent a whole summer in South America or Central America learning Spanish so that he could be a better service to Justice for Our Neighbors. So I'm grateful that he has brought them to our attention. They are a legal service for immigrants and refugees, but provide so much more, both legal, spiritual, and emotional support for those who are trying to immigrate to America. For a little over one year, and is that right, a little over one year? Yeah, so he is the new executive director. I met Manny about six months ago. John had given him my name as someone who might potentially be interested in getting more involved. And when we sat down for coffee, the first thing I could tell was that Manny has a vivacious joy and a, just a great heart. We talked for about an hour and a half and probably could have kept going. We had a lot in common between three kids and raising, <laughs> raising them and trying to keep our head on straight, uh, as well as just a fervor for justice and a fervor for kindness and compassion. So I'm excited that he's here today to update us on what's going on with JFON, what his role has been and the services that they're providing for the immigrant community in, in this part of the country. I'll let you tell us a little bit more about the particularities of JFON. Do you want to stand up first or just go ahead and start the, the video? Okay, he has a quick video to show that's about three minutes. And then after that, I'm going to hand over the speaking to Manny, who will emerge from here. Thanks. Imagine you're a kid who fled Honduras to escape the gangs, and now you don't know what to do or where to go for help. Imagine your husband beats you, but you're afraid to call the police because he says they'll deport you. He threatens to take away your children and tells you there is nothing you can do about it. Imagine you're a teenager and America is the only home you know. You can't work legally and you can't afford to go to college because you are undocumented. Imagine want to fill out the right immigration forms, but you don't know how to do it or even what the right forms are. Imagine you can't go back to your home country because you are afraid the government will kill you, just like they did your brother. Imagine hope. Imagine a church welcoming you and being surrounded by volunteers who care. Imagine finding an attorney you can afford and people you can trust. Each year, Justice for Our Neighbors helps transform the lives of thousands of low-income immigrants from around the world. At offices across the United States, we provide free or low-cost immigration legal services, advocate for immigrant rights, and seek to educate communities of faith and the public. We are Justice for Our Neighbors, a ministry of the United Methodist Church. Now I can live here together with family. I don't have to be afraid of the gangs. Now I can ask the police for help and nobody will take my children away from me. I don't have to be a victim anymore. Now I have the chance to go to college, to get a driver's license, to work, and help support my family. Now I know my rights. I won't allow anyone to take advantage of me. Now I don't have to be afraid of being sent back home to face persecution, torture, or even death. I am safe. I have dignity. I belong. 
Good morning. It's my pleasure to be here with you this morning, uh, especially this is my first time visiting um, St. Paul, so I'm really excited to be here, and I want to thank you for the opportunity. Now, by a show of hands, how many of you speak more than one language? Can I see your hand? Oh, look at that, a lot of people. All right, how many speak at least three languages? Or more. Okay, okay. Well, I'm very impressed. Let me see. Ma'am, what languages do you speak? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Ooh, those are real. A, a little bit of Japanese. Real, real impressive. Okay. Who else had a hands up? Let me see. What about you, sir? Good, okay. Anybody else here wants to tell us what language you speak? Okay. <laughs> you know, uh, not that anybody cares, but I speak four languages. Um, I speak Ibibio, which is an African dialect from, from Nigeria. <clears throat> um, I speak Dutch because I lived in the Netherlands for 10 years, served as a missionary. I speak English, and then I speak English at an, uh, with an accent. So, <laughs> You know what they say? Um, they say uh, if you speak multiple languages, you are what? Multilingual. If you speak two languages, you're what? Bilingual. If you speak one language, you are an American. So how many Americans do we have in the house this morning? OK. I'm here to talk to you this morning about the work that we do and how it intersects with our faith and the Bible. For those who may be unfamiliar with Justice for Our Neighbors Houston, we are a Methodist social justice ministry that provides low-income immigrants, refugees, and asylum seekers with affordable, high-quality legal immigration services. We're also engaged in immigration education and advocacy. We work with immigrants in Houston who are living in the shadows because A, they don't know how to navigate the complicated US immigration system, or B, they don't have the money to hire an immigration attorney to help them become documented. We are proud to be part of the Deportation Defense Project in Houston. We have a full-time attorney who works only with people who are being held in immigration detention centers, which are often people seeking asylum here in the United States. We work with immigrants who feel alone, scared, forgotten, unwanted, and unwelcome. We work with moms and dads who have left the only place they ever called home, everything they worked hard for, and everyone they knew and loved to escape the threat of violence, torture, or death against themselves and their little ones. 
We work with God's children who are trying to live legally in the United States to help them feel at home here and feel welcome. Something that is very hard without legal immigration status. Ladies and gentlemen, let's be real. The issue of immigration is complex on the political side. But immigration itself isn't just about politics. It's not a Democrat or Republican issue. Immigration is at the very foundation of our faith. Our Lord Jesus Christ himself was at one point in his life a refugee who sought shelter and solace in Egypt when his parents fled the wrath and jealousy of King Herod. As Christ followers, immigration is about obeying the biblical teaching of welcoming the stranger. When asked which was the greatest commandment, Jesus replied, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Today, I'm here to remind you of this command to love your neighbor as yourself. Not more, not less, but like you love yourself. That is radical hospitality. And it is what drives the mission of justice for our neighbors, Houston. Radical hospitality is grounded in the Greek term philozenia. Philozenia is often translated as hospitality or guest friendliness. But it is a compound word and it literally means to love the stranger. Radical hospitality is about caring enough for one another that we are willing to sacrifice deeply on the other's behalf. It means setting aside one's own comfort and preferences for the sake of others around you. Radical hospitality says, I welcome you even though you are different than me, even though you are a stranger to me, simply because you are a fellow human being, and that makes you my brother, and my sister. So how do we apply this radical hospitality in the arena of immigration? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> Let me tell you, radical hospitality in this context, I believe, begins with us trying to imagine the fears and the hopelessness that causes someone to want to leave their home and embark on the journey of finding a new home, knowing fully well the dangers involved in such an expedition. What would make a person still want to take the risk of migrating to a different country, knowing that they would be looked down upon by many, locked up in detention centers for months, and even be separated from their babies? It is only when we can put ourselves in the shoes of these immigrants and think about what we would do if faced with, this similar, with similar situations that we can then muster the compassion that radical hospitality 
calls for. Radical hospitality means doing something to make an immigrant feel welcome, safe, and hopeful. And you can do that by supporting the work that we do at Justice for Our Neighbors Houston. As you may have already guessed by now, I myself am an immigrant. While I have the luxury of migrating from my home country, Nigeria, to the Netherlands for religious work, I still understand how it feels to have people treat you differently because of the color of your skin, because of the way you speak, or because of the passport that you hold. When I arrived here in the US in 2004, I had the backing and the support of my home church that sent me here from the Netherlands. I had a loving and caring group of people praying for me. I spoke English. I had income. I had a safe place to live. My situation was nothing like the clients we serve at Justice for Our Neighbors. However, the fear of not being accepted or being seen as a stranger, of being mapped out as different is still the same. I also understand what it feels like to face a system that is unfair, overly punitive, and biased towards immigrants. After meeting the requirement of living in the country for five years, I was excited about applying for my permanent residency or green card. I wanted to be more than a visitor. I wanted to belong here, so I did not hesitate at all to apply. Now, imagine the shock when I was told that my application for a green card was denied because I had overstayed my visa and was living illegally in the country for two years. What? I felt a knot in my throat. My heart skipped a bit. I was so confused. I didn't know what to think. Surely this is a mistake. I did not overstay my visa, and I had never received correspondence telling me I had overstayed. I was given five years when I entered the country. This must be a case of mistaken identity. All these thoughts were swirling in my head. I was so sure this was just a clerical error. I continued to correspond with the immigration service and felt confident the error would be realized and my residency request would be granted. I was wrong. One morning, I was startled by a loud bang, uh, banging on my door. When I opened the door, I was greeted by ICE and FBI agents. They had come to get me and my family out of the country. I invited them in, and after talking with me, they understood my issue and advised me to consult an immigration lawyer. You see, it turned out that the immigration officer who had stamped me into the country at, the initial, at my initial entry had given me the five years of stay in error. I was supposed to have only three years. But guess what? It didn't matter that it was their mistake and not mine, and that there was no way I could have known that. It did not also matter that I had played by the rules and that I had never committed any crime or had any type of altercation with the law. I felt hopeless against the powers that were coming after me. 
Now, while my situation was awful, I gotta admit, I was very fortunate. The political climate in the, in the United States was different than it is today. I was given a chance to correct the situation without being detained. For most immigrants, that isn't the case at all. Also, I was not alone. I had the full support of my church. I could afford an attorney. To be able to get my permanent residency, though, I was forced to sue the United States government and the immigration service. I didn't want to do it, but I had no other choices. No one would listen, and no one would correct the obvious error. Thankfully, I won the case after the judge saw the copy uh, I had of the original stamped visa authorizing me to be in the country for five years. Now, you would think that that would have been enough, that would have been okay, and the that would have been all that the government needed. No, they appealed. Again, I won the appeal. That's how come I'm standing in front of you today. But here's, but here's the truth. Most of the clients that we represent in JFON don't have anyone to support them. Most cannot afford an attorney. They are unfamiliar with the US immigration system. They are, they are apprehensive and uncertain about who to trust. Before coming to us, many of them have already been taken advantage of by someone who, rep, who uh, presented themselves as supposedly trying to help them. So by the time they get to our office, they are nervous and fearful. The first question most ask is usually, how much will it cost? When they are told that our services are free or available to them at a very low cost because of their income, relief washes over their faces. We explain to them that their legal fees are paid for by the generous or by the generosity of others, strangers who want to give them hope and make them feel welcome. For many of the immigrants we serve, this knowledge brings both tears to their eyes and smiles to their faces. Someone thinks they are important. Someone, that someone is you. When you make a donation to JFON Houston, as you have done many times, or when you volunteer at our office, or you participate in one of our events, you bring hope to an immigrant who has lost everything. You make them feel like they are important, a feeling most have not felt for a long time. I'd like to share with you a story of uh, Mariela, a young single mother from Guatemala. After being brutally assaulted by members of a violent gang, Mariela fled Guatemala with her four young children seeking asylum here in the United States. Upon entering the US, she and her children were detained by border patrol agents and immigration removal proceedings began for her and her children. Mariela was lucky though because she was released while waiting for her hearing date instead of being held in the immigration detention. While walking home from work one night, she was sexually assaulted by a man on the street. Her attacker told her 
that if she reported the crime to the police, he would ensure that she and her children are deported. She stayed silent. She couldn't risk being deported. Her life and the lives of her children depended on her staying here. Nine months after the attack, Mariela gave birth to her fifth child. Eventually, Mariela and her young children found refuge in a local women's shelter. The social workers there learned what had happened to her and encouraged her to file a police report. After visiting with two other nonprofits, Mariela finally arrived at Jeffon Houston, and thanks to the support of churches like St. Paul's and people like you, we are able to provide the legal help for Mariela and her children to apply for asylum and for a U visa, a visa that provides temporary immigration status to immigrants who have been victims of certain crimes. If granted the asylum or the U visa, Mariela and her children will be on the road to citizenship. Today, Mariela lives with hope, thanks to your generosity. Another life that has been changed because of the generosity of strangers is the life of Maya. Maya lived in Mexico and with her husband. He was abusive in every way imaginable. He beat her until she bled. Maya lived her life covered in bruises. Maya had no access to help or money to divorce her husband. One day, her husband filed for divorce, and because Maya had no access to an attorney in Mexico, her husband was granted full custody of their children. Maya's abuse didn't stop because of the divorce. She was scared for her life. Maya came to, the, to Jeff on Houston asking for help to find safety legally in the United States. She is now living in Houston legally. She has a job and is hoping to be reunited with her children soon. How did Maya escape her daily abuse? How has Maya gone from living in the shadows to making plans for her future? Hope was given to Maya through radical hospitality. Maya received help because of people like you who choose to love the stranger they didn't know by making a financial contribution to the work. Jeffon Houston is the only full-time, full-service immigration legal service provider in the greater east end of Houston. We employ a small team of seven, including two full-time attorneys, and our support staff. Last year, we opened a total of 312 new immigration cases. In the first half of this year, we have almost surpassed that number. The demand for help is higher than ever. And we are having to turn deserving people away. Will you help us provide legal assistance for more immigrants trying to navigate our complicated and ever-changing immigration system? If you are like most people, you are probably a bit overwhelmed by the immigration debate taking place in our country. Both sides of the debate offer good points, but in the end, in the end, ladies and gentlemen, immigration laws must recognize the human rights and dignity of all 
immigrants. Be fair and just, and also prioritize keeping families together. As you consider the critical part that you play in this radical hospitality movement, please know that I am not asking you to give, I beg your pardon, know that I am asking you to give hope to immigrants who are trying to comply with the law. The people we are asking you to consider helping are not trying to circumvent the system. Our clients want to be American citizens. They want to have jobs, pay taxes, and be productive part of their communities. Just like me, they don't want to remain a visitor. They want to call the United States home. Today, I proudly say that Texas is my home. In this grade of Texas, people appearing in immigration courts are not eligible for court-appointed attorneys. Unless an immigrant can hire a private attorney or secure the services of a nonprofit organization such as Justice for Our Neighbors, Houston, they are on their own when they go to court. And research shows that when, when immigrants seeking asylum have an attorney, their success rate is five times higher than those who go through the process without representation. Your support of our work allows immigrants to be treated fairly during the legal process and ensure that they, that they can present all the important facts in court. We need your help. It is only through the desire of people like you who want to welcome the stranger that we can provide the service that they need. Will you consider being a part of this radical hospitality that God is calling us to do? Yes? Wondering where to start? I have a few pointers. Number one, you can, do the, you can start by taking the time to get to know a stranger and help that stranger feel hope. You can do that in your church right here. You can do that in your neighborhood. You can do that by calling our office to volunteer. Another way you can get involved is to join us on September 22nd at the University of Houston campus for the Run Houston race. Team JFON Houston will be participating in that race, and you can run to support us. And if you want to know more about that race, please pick up a flyer at the table, at the information table at the back, or visit our website at just uh, um, jfonhouston.org. And thirdly, of course, we always welcome financial donations. Making a difference alone seems overwhelming, but if we all work together, it is doable. If 20 churches pledged $217 a month, which is $2,600 a year, Jeffon Houston could hire another immigration attorney and be able to serve even more deserving immigrants trying to follow our laws and call the United States home. As you think about how radical hospitality relates to the mission of Jeffon Houston and the critical part that you play, I want to leave you with these words by Melissa Kulia Gepford, a deacon in the United Methodist Church. She writes, and I quote, 
if we welcome God when we welcome the stranger, we also turn God away when we turn away the stranger. When we bless the immigrant, we bless God. When we harm those in need, we harm God. Christians are called to be people of radical hospitality who welcome the stranger and bless those in need. End of quote. God bless you. Thank you. Yes, yeah, we have time for questions. I'm reminded today, a couple of years ago, Susan Yarborough came and spoke to our class. Some of you might remember that. She wrote the book Bench Pressed, and she was a judge who heard the cases of asylum seekers. And she talked about the heartbreak that she as a human experienced in having to turn people away who didn't have legal representation or who didn't have a legal reason to be seeking asylum, that one could be abused in their home country and that would not be enough for asylum, was just so striking. Anyways, I'm glad that she, she I've been reminded of her today and I do recommend her book. Um, we do have time for questions. Thank you so much, Manny. I'm glad that you were here and I hope that you guys have some questions. I'll bring the mic because it's better for the audio. Thank you, Manny. Thank you. What's the economic threshold for someone that would qualify for your services? Uh, so most of our clients are 200% below poverty level, federal poverty level in the country. Okay. Yes. Wow. 200% below. Yes. Okay. Uh, do many of your legal staff do work pro bono? All our work is pro bono. <laughs> You, you mentioned hiring another attorney. I'm just curious as to whether you've got uh, connections around the, the legal system of Houston to bring pro bono attorneys involved. That's a really great question. So when I took over as executive director um, last year, one of the things that I thought about as a way of expanding our capacity you know, in, in order to be able to handle um, more cases and help more people was to establish a program that I call Attorneys from the Heart. Attorneys from the Heart is a program that invites uh, volunteer attorneys who want to use their skills and their services to help more people. On the other hand, immigration um, process is very complicated. Even attorneys are scared to even touch it, right? So what we have come up with is to um, create a program whereby some cases, like naturalization cases or work permit cases, which are not overly complicated and doesn't take a lot, a lot of time, can be handled by these uh, volunteer attorneys, thereby freeing up time for our attorneys to take on other cases. A typical immigration case can take anywhere between two to eight years. So volunteer attorneys don't want to get involved in that. And so we, we've created a, um, a, 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 a path whereby certain types of cases that don't take that long um, can be handled by those volunteer Attorneys. So that's a great question. That's one way that we try to maximize um, um, opportunity and volunteer skills so that we can help more people. But ultimately, we really need to hire an, another attorney. To be honest with you, we need to hire two more attorneys um, because every week we refer out somewhere around 30 people to other agencies. And sometimes we refer them to agencies we already know don't have capacity to handle them anyway. So. It's a simple question, and that is, um, 
in terms of volunteer opportunities with your organization. Can you just tell us what what opportunities, what volunteer opportunities? So they are, depending on a person's skill level and background, there are plenty of opportunity um, to volunteer, all the way from maybe answering phones in the office to uh, maybe doing a screening with a with a with a client or interpreting for a client or um, going into the community to speak on our behalf or do what I'm doing now. All of that is within the spectrum. It all depends on a person's skill skill set and what they're willing to do. So what we usually ask is just call the office and let us know that you want to volunteer, and we'll try to give a you know try to understand a little bit about you, know a little bit about you and what you want to do, and and find something for you to do. I understand the tremendous need, and you mentioned the screening process, and I'm wondering how on earth do you all uh, select which immigrants that you're able to help? Ooh, okay. So, well, the, the, the process that we, the process that we use is, uh, we, we have a clinic, um, legal clinic where People are welcome to, to attend. And during that clinic, each person meets with an attorney. And the attorney assesses their case and to know, number one, do they have a legal ground? Because a lot of people have legal grounds but don't know it. Let me tell you a story, one of the first stories that impacted me when I joined JFON. This I'll never forget this. So a, a, a young woman, 30 years old, has been living in the United States illegally all her life. However, she was born to a U.S. citizen. Her mother is a U.S. citizen. When her mother was pregnant of her, um, the mother, close to time of the delivery, went on vacation into Mexico and had the baby in Mexico. Okay? So after she had the baby, she strapped the baby back on the car seat and drove back across the country and came back home. No birth certificate, no documentation, nothing. She just concluded, my daughter is illegal because I had her outside of the country. The young lady grows up 30 years old, living under the table for all her life. Spend money trying to get a green card. So she comes to one of our immigration clinic. She's talking to the attorney. The attorney is asking her questions. Attorney says, what are you, what are you doing here? Well, I'm trying to get a green card. What do you mean a green card? You said your mother is a US citizen. Yes. So how come you need a green card? You are a citizen. For 30 years, she didn't know that. So, so the notion that um, we support illegal immigration is, is completely false, because there are people who are in that condition, undocumented condition, because they don't know their rights and we're helping them know their rights. So when they come to an attorney, the attorney assesses the situation and then decides, number one, is that a case we can take on? Do they have legal grounds to stand on? And what have you. So we go from there. Yes. Where Josh and I taught at Yes Prep, um, about 15 to 20% of our students were undocumented and helping them navigate the, both the college application process and financial aid and all of that was we needed a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> it's complicated. The immigration yeah. system yeah. is extremely complicated. That's not an overstatement. That is really true. Yeah. Other questions? Yes. Hi. So two questions, Manny. Um, 
First of all, so let's say I'm an immigrant here. I don't know anything. I'm afraid. I need help. How do I find out about you? How do I get? That's a very, very good question. What's the second part? Of the, the second part is, do you speak at other organizations besides churches that are service organizations? I speak anywhere people gather. On one All right. Street. I want to invite you to speak at my Westview Rotary Club. You got me. Thank you. Right. Okay. So. so let's go back to the first question. Um, if you, if, how, does, how do immigrants find us? That's a very, very good question because, number one, we don't advertise. Um, some, of, some people may not relate to this, but when you are an immigrant, you're kind of suspicious of everything and everybody because you don't know who's going to rat you out, if I may use street language, right? And, and, um, and so we don't advertise because if we do, it would be counterproductive. Nobody's going to trust that. They're not going to come. So we walk strictly through word of mouth and through church communities like this. Manny, thank you so much for being here, and thank you guys for being here with us today. Yeah. I'm grateful to y'all for just holding fort with us as Bill has been traveling this last month. I believe he'll be back next Sunday to talk to us, so we'll welcome him with big hearts and open arms. Um, again, thank you guys, and remember that no matter where you go this week, you carry precious cargo, so watch your step. Have a good one.